And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie George Addis. Thank you so much for tuning in. Love talking with you every Sunday evening, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. If you're watching on Facebook Live, thanks so much for watching. And if you haven't watched this show before on Facebook Live, I want to mention that at our page, America Can We Talk, you can go back to look at all of our old shows. You can also go to our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and just look for Debbie George Addis and America Can We Talk, uh, we have a fabulous YouTube channel that has been organized by Carrie Kellerman, my producer and friend and helper. Um, and so you can really find all of the um, past interviews, um, all sorts of them. So it's just, a, I, and I also want to just, as long as I'm doing a little commercial stuff here, urge you to contact me if you'd like to um, at America Can We Talk at gmail.com. I love getting emails from listeners. America Can We Talk at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter at Debbie Can We Talk. And the last thing I want to do is thank the sponsor of our show and do it right here at the top of the second hour. This show, America Can We Talk, is possible because of the generosity of GC Works, which is a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Simply couldn't do the show without them, so very, very grateful for them. Okay, so this cruise through the news, top of the second hour, short segment. I want to mention one thing. I had on at last hour Peter Brooks, who is a truly a a preeminent expert at the Heritage Foundation on national security. Um, And I would say he has a more uh, measured or moderate view of the um, situation with Iran. And um, I respect him. He is a, uh, I mean, just his credentials are stellar. If you go to the Heritage Foundation website, you can read about Peter Brooks. I did a couple of days ago do a different radio show, um, I filled in uh, hosting Kirby Anderson's Point of View radio show. And on that show, I had on Claire Lopez, who is a also, she's among the premier experts in the country on Iran and the national security. And she was far more concerned about that one provision that I raised with Peter Brooks, which simply in the Iranian deal that is now under question in the Iranian deal, uh, it has a provision that says essentially uh, we, America, will defend Iran if their nuclear program is attacked. Peter Brooks was interpreting that, saying he interprets it just to mean, you know, just as you would want to secure any nuclear facility in any country, uh, that we were going to help Iran secure theirs. Claire Lopez had the uh, a different view, and I wouldn't say that uh, she would. She did not say, and I don't think she would say that we America would ever, you know, take Iran's side versus Israel. Um, but it does put. It is a spelled out provision that was of great concern to her, as well as of concern to. Uh, I mentioned uh, all of our articles are up on AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, brilliant writer at Conservative Review, has raised this issue too. It was an issue raised early on when the deal was struck. It's like, why are we agreeing that we would help? Um, Iran, especially when everyone knows, I think that the main people most concerned about Iran's development of nuclear weapons would be Israel because Iran spends so much time as sworn saying how much they hate Israel and hate and want to destroy the country of Israel. So anyway, interesting, you know, great, both great experts and thoughtful people. Okay, cruise to the news. I want to hit some interesting things. Uh, one was that um, in, Amer- in our you know economy in America, for all the other uh, complaining people do about President Trump, uh, we had uh, we have a new low unemployment rate, 3.9 percent, lowest since December of 2000. 
fabulous employment numbers. I saw a headline that said that Valerie Jarrett was trying to claim that the unemployment numbers now are due to policies of Barack Obama, which uh, didn't make any sense because Barack Obama spent all his time raising taxes on businesses, which, of course, make them less able to hire people. But okay. Um, but I also want to tell you, there's great news out of Washington related to the upcoming midterm elections in 2018, just in terms of the Senate races. You know, right now, the Republicans barely have uh, control of the Senate. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of blustery talk by the Democrats um, after President Trump won that, of course, you know, the Democrats are going to win the midterms. They're going to win their House and take back the Senate and blah, blah. They are set to lose big time in the U.S. Senate races. Republicans have serious leads in West Virginia. Incumbent Democrat uh, Joe Manchin down by 14 points. Uh, North Dakota, incumbent Democrat Heidi Heitkamp down by eight. Indiana, incumbent Democrat Joe Donnelly down by five. Missouri, incumbent Democrat Claire Maskell, um, McCaskill down by five. Um, Montana, incumbent Democrat John Tester down by five. So, there are, there's a great reason to be optimistic that, in fact, at the end of 2018, after midterm elections in November, the um, Republicans will be in a stronger position in the U.S. Senate. I said it a few weeks ago. I'll say it again. I think the Republicans not only will hold on to the House, I think they'll increase their majority in the U.S. House. This, we are watching so much hysterical turmoil uh, and headlines and the media, you know, the complacent or I'm um, not complacent, but just the the media that complies with whatever that the Democrat message is trying to claim that Trump is so unpopular. He's so disliked. He's just, you know, just horrible. And the simple truth is Trump is doing good things for America and people can see it. And I was talking at the start of the show about how much we get manipulated by the George Soroses of the world, by the organizations, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of organizations he funds and controls, including the media. George Soros is trying to convince America that we are um, that we are in trouble uh, under President Trump. And I'm going to tell you, folks, people are happy with him. So, folks, come back after the break. We are going to turn the channel again and talk about uh, Mueller's investigation. Lots to talk about. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. 
America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldier is deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. And welcome back, folks. I'm so glad you've tuned in. Um, Debbie George Addis, love talking with you every Sunday evening. Okay, we have talked on this show many times about what's happening in Washington with respect to the Mueller investigation, special counsel Mueller. And um, I, but, you know, I want to tie it, though, tonight back into what I was saying at the start of this show, which is the idea that... Democrat, left-wing, or just leftism. What leftism is always about is the relentless pursuit of power and control over you. That's what leftism is. Not all Democrats are that kind of radical leftist, but the radical leftist 
thought and agenda is live and well, is now the uh, agenda, is now the mentality of the leadership of the Democrat Party and of many people in ruling class America in Washington. The Democrats simply, the leadership of the Washington Democrat, the, the National Party, the, the ruling class in Washington, those folks never saw, never saw Donald Trump's victory coming. They never thought he could do it. They were sure they would have, they would be with the Hillary Clinton continuation of the Barack Obama leftward socialist agenda. And they're out of their minds about the idea that they have to deal with Trump. In fact, they won't deal with Trump. So the Mueller investigation, I'm going to hit some top points about it tonight. But my largest one is I want the elected members of Congress, the House and the Senate, on the GOP side to fight like they understand what the battle is. I want them to fight like they understand this is not a mere legal investigation into a particular um, claim of whether uh, accusation of collusion between the Trump team and the Russians during the 2016 election cycle. That is not what is happening. That is the farce that the left is putting forth. And many, many People around the country, millions of Americans can see this is not a legal issue. This is not a legal battle. What's happening in Washington is the effort of the American left to take down a president elected, a popular president, popular with the masses, popular with mainstream America, with heartland America. That's what this is. And getting caught up in the niceties of, well, was a particular allegation proven or did some witness say something that slightly contradicted somebody else? It's like if we're going to nitpick at that level, we can't see the forest. You know, we can't see the battle, the attack on. And it's not just an attack on President Trump, who, by the way, as I've said a thousand times on the show, was not my first choice in the primary but I am very, very happy with his presidency, very happy with the decisions, very happy with his agenda. And so are most Republicans. So are many Americans. And this is making the left out of their minds. So when you, I'll tell you, I had a conversation recently with a congressman. I said I would not uh, repeat so I, his name, so I will not. But I'm going to tell you, I was trying to explain why the American people are so frustrated. I said, you can see that what Mueller is doing, this is just the Democrat party, the the mob that is the Democrat left, the leftist mob attacking this president. There is no basis to say collusion occurred. There is no evidence of collusion after two years of talking about it and all this other. And his answer was, it's not my job in Congress. We legislate. We pass laws. Uh, we, that is not our job to get into that fight. And I tell you, folks, maybe there's some time in American history where it didn't matter, where you could be a member of Congress and sit there and let something else like this happen and not say a word, and it would be kind of valid. But at this time, in this era, when you can see this is left-wing America, funded by Soros, 
undermining everything that is good about this country, trying to remove an elected president, it's not good enough. It's not good enough to have 236 Republicans in Congress. And as I mentioned last week, only 11 of them signing the letter of referral over to the Department of Justice saying, we think you might need to investigate Comey. We think you might need to investigate. I mean, calling out what is occurring, calling out this lynch mob that is the DOJ and the FBI piling on Trump, trying to destroy him as a president. But the good news I wanted to share tonight, the one a, a good battle that's happening is a Texas congressman, Louis Gohmert, published something. And again, everything we talk about, I put links up on our website, americacanwetalk.org. I think I tweeted about this too. My, t- my tweet, Twitter handle is at Debbie Can we Talk. But Congressman Louis Gohmert put out 40 questions. Special Counsel Robert Mueller needs to answer now. And in part, of course, he's playing off of the endless leaks out of the, the special counsel investigation, out of anything, if it hurts Trump, gets leaked to the press. And so there was an alleged listing of the questions that Mueller wants to ask Trump, which I'll get to in a minute. But the questions that Mueller supposedly wants to ask Trump, a lot of disputing whether that was a leak or a hoax. It wasn't really a leak. I don't know the answer to it. But I do know Congressman Gohmert had the clarity to publish on his House page as well as in, I'm not sure what publication, but you can go to his house page. Just go to U.S. Congressman Louis Gohmert, and you'll see the 40 questions. One of them, and these are from Mueller, and I'll tell you, Louis Gohmert is a lawyer by background. He's a judge by background. Especially if you're a lawyer or a judge, you can see what Mueller is doing. This is not an investigation to find out if a crime occurred. This is an investigation to take down President Trump, to find something to hang around his neck or to at least lead to impeachment, which is all this investigation is about at this point. But Louis Gohmert, questions he put up, for example, number one, why? These are questions that Congressman Gohmert is saying that Um, 40 questions he is saying that Mueller should have to answer. Number one, I'm not going to read all 40, just a few. Why did you hire only lawyers with backgrounds as Democrat Party donors for your investigative team? What were there no establishment Republicans willing to help to help railroad President Trump? That was a good question. Number one, Peter Stroke, you know, the guy, the guy who's a lawyer for FBI Department of Justice, was removed from your team after more than 10,000 texts between him and fellow team member Lisa Page were found to contain vitriolic anti-Trump tirades. Did they ever speak this way about Donald Trump in your presence? Why are you so determined to have people with outright hatred of Donald Trump on your special counsel team? It's a pretty darn good question. Pretty darn good question. And then I'll read one more. Andrew Weissman. I mean, we've talked about Andrew Weissman on the show before. Andrew Weissman, whose conduct in the Enron case got that case reversed 9-0 at the Supreme Court against Weissman because he was so corrupt, making up crimes that did not exist to charge against the Enron people. Here is uh, the question that Louis Gohmert put for him. Andrew Weissman has unsightly political ties, having attended Clinton's election night celebration in New York City. 
Uh, he sent an email. This is Gomer's point about uh, Andrew Weissman. He sent an email to attorney, Acting Attorney General Sally Yates praising her boldness in the night she, she was fired for refusing to enforce Trump's lawful travel ban. Uh, both of you involved in the investigation into Russia's illegal efforts to obtain U.S. uranium. Do either of you alert the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. to the crimes that were being committed? The plea deals? Do either of you profit in any way? I mean, he went on and on. The point that Congressman Gohmert is making is the point being discussed around dinner tables around this country all over America, which boiled down to why is the Republican majority in the House and the Senate permitting this outrage of a prosecution to continue? You know, I got to tell you, folks, the big question people keep asking is, well, why doesn't Donald Trump, should he fire Mueller? Does he dare fire Mueller? Should he, should he replace Jeff Sessions? Should he try to get rid of Rod Rosenstein? When you have virtual silence from the Republicans in Congress and you're President Trump, you know you're being vilified for something you didn't do. You did not conspire with the Russians. You won the election fair and square. But there's virtual silence from Congress. You have the 11 people who wrote the letter, signed on the letter of referral. You have Louis Gohmert at least pointing out Mueller never has to answer anything. You have some members on the GOP side in the House Intelligence and Senate Intelligence Committee pointing out how bad all this is, but mostly you have silence. If you're President Trump, you're thinking, they're not going to back me if I fire him. Folks, we're going to continue this after the break. This is an ongoing coup and outrage against President Trump and people I'll be speaking up. Be right back. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. 
Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. Okay, I want to continue on this Mueller thing, and I just cannot urge you strongly enough to not get tired of this story, to not say, oh, there they go again, blah, 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 Mueller, blah, blah. It is not that. This is not just an attack on President Trump and not just attack an attack on his voters, on the American people who chose him for president. It's an attack against America. It's against the idea of America. And again, back to this leftism thing I want to harp on tonight. Part of leftism is rules don't matter. Constitution does not matter. The Constitution, the rule of law, all those things infuriate leftists because they're only and always about power and control over you. They're never about the Constitution, about the rule of law, about the freedom of the individual. It's not in their mindset. So where we are on this Mueller thing, this is an attack on the Constitution, an attack on the president of the United States and on the American people. But two other things happened this week. Besides that, Louis Gohmert, Congressman Gohmert, deserves everyone's accolades for posting these 40 questions. There are two other things happened that were kind of amazing and, and noteworthy. One was that Paul Manafort, who's been indicted by um, the Mueller and his team, had a hearing in front of a federal judge, Judge Ellis. And the basic reason for the hearing, the motion was that Manafort's attorneys 
were arguing that the charges against him should be dismissed because Mueller was supposed to be investigating. Did Donald Trump or anyone in his campaign collude with the Russians during the 2016 election cycle? That was the question. Mueller is now going back to conduct by Manafort, who was briefly a campaign manager for Trump 10 years before, 10 years before, and digging up business deals. I'm making no opinion, no expression of opinion about whether or not um, it was actually uh, that the that the conduct that is alleged is criminal, whether it's true, the, the veracity of the charges. I don't, I'm not getting into that at all. But Manafort's lawyers were just saying to judges, this is... This is an outrage. I mean, what is it we're doing here? And federal judge, God bless him, federal judge Ellis in the Manafort hearing just let loose. For the first time, someone is holding Robert Mueller accountable. That federal judge went after Robert Mueller and he just said he accused the Mueller team of lying. The judge did. He asked specifically, how exactly is Manafort's business deals 10 years earlier related to your charge, your charge, Mueller, of looking in to whether Trump colluded with the Russians, which was what the whole thing was about, uh, was about. Uh, I printed out the, uh, you know, the, the transcript of the entire hearing, and I'm debating how much to go into it tonight because, but I mean, uh, because it, it could sound dry, but I'm telling you, um, I'll just read one brief quote by this judge in this federal court on the record said, none of the information in this indictment has anything to do with links or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the campaign of Donald Trump. This seems to be obvious because all long, all of these instances that are being subject to the indictment long predate any contact or any affiliation of this defendant with the campaign. He went on to essentially say that the Mueller team is, is doesn't really care what Manafort did 10 years ago. They're using this to get to Trump. I mean, this was a this is a rare thing to call out the motives of the prosecution in a federal case on, you know, on, on the record. And this is a very this is a vital thing. And back to this whole leftism and the way leftists work. You have to be a pretty brave judge to challenge anything the left has authorized that the left is doing. This judge is going to be raked over the coals. This judge is going to be mocked and criticized because he's daring to challenge the left wing march toward control over America. This is just I mean, it was a great thing. So that hearing, in fact, this judge ended up demanding to get from the Mueller team the exact and complete description of what acting attorney general Rosenstein, Rod Rosenstein gave him as his mandate. The thing we have all read says, you know, yeah, she's supposed to look in. Did Trump clue the Russians, blah, blah. That's all in there. But then there's a secondary part that says in the original, in the original charge to Mueller, uh, which says, and anything else you happen to uncover. Well, just first of all, as many lawyers have pointed out, as I've pointed out several times on the show before, many lawyers have pointed out, um, the actual Department of Justice regulations under which Rosenstein issued, you know, that, that, or, or, set up the whole uh, Mueller special counsel situation required Rosenstein, Rosenstein to set 
to specifically say a crime to describe the crime that was being investigated. You can't just set up, go go uh, fishing, go, go on a hunting expedition, a fishing expedition, and try to find something. That's what Rosenstein did. But the point is, Rosenstein, the original charge to Mueller, did not contain a crime by itself. And that was also brought up by this judge in the Manafort case. It's just the judge is saying, Judge Ellis is saying, you know, you you were supposed to come up with a crime. There's no crime you're alleging here. What's the crime? And so he's and man and the Mueller people are saying, well, you know, there was a uh, side conversations. There were some verbal communications. Uh, the kind of expanded. So the judge is saying, no, I want to see everything. I want to see special. You know, uh, I don't want to call him some other name. Special Counsel Mueller. You know, the witch hunt Mueller, I want to see what specifically you think authorizes you to go after somebody for unrelated conduct 10 years earlier. So he's demanding that the Mueller team turn over to the court everything that they say is included in their mandate uh, that they have permission to investigate. This is huge because this has been this is a leftist attack on the uh, Trump administration, on the American people. The other huge thing that happened in this case this week, I want to make sure you follow because it was a great another great development. And again, it goes back to what I'm trying to impress about what leftism is. Leftism is always about complete control over people. It it's justifies and, and and the kind of language of Saul Alinsky, the language of all the people they look up to in the left, justifies anything to get your way. Constitution to be ignored, rule of law to be ignored. It is entirely designed for control. And so they have tactics they use. One tactic is to go after people. And you got to believe they're going after people. So one guy, Michael Caputo, he's a Republican consultant. I mean, he basically, you know, got involved in politics, uh, trying to help President Trump get elected. And he's now being investigated by the Mueller people. He had an opportunity to testify this week in Washington in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee and to say Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. And he read them the Riot Act. And again, I can't read the whole thing. It's on our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Look it up and read what this guy was saying. He's essentially saying, you guys, you Senate Select Committee, you are destroying my life. He's got uh, he's got legal bills now more than one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. He says your investigation and others into the allegations of the Trump campaign collusion with Russia are costing my family a great deal of money, more than one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, making a visceral impact on my children. He moved back to his hometown of East Aurora, New York, to have a family making less money, but he could be involved in this. He's now got to go to where he is can earn more money in order to be to even pay his legal bills. But he went through. He actually read out loud into the record of the Senate Intelligence Committee. All of the things the Democrats on that committee are permitting to occur, and frankly, the Republicans, too, they know what is happening. They know, for example, Dianne Feinstein, Senator Feinstein's staffer, quit his job to form an organization at the start of 2017, raised $50 million from 10 people to continue the Russia-Trump collusion narrative. 
to keep it in the news, to keep on attacking Trump. He went through a whole long description. You guys, you in the Senate, you know what you're doing to me. And so he ended it with the famous line that was in all over the media, which I won't say on air. He called them the swamp. In fact, he said he told the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, you are the swamp and America needs an investigation of the investigators. And he ended it with, I want you to know because, and then he used profanity, GD uh, to hell. I want you to know because GD, you to hell. But the reason this matters so much and the reason I'm, I'm telling you this is because this is what the left does to make sure that people are silenced. Caputo's been interviewed numerous times since then. He said, I would never, 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 ever, ever again work for a campaign because it put me at too much risk. Exactly what the leftists want. People won't speak up. He talks about Trump talking to Mueller. He said, yeah, Mueller's still talking collusion. You know, he knows everything that was ever said by anyone on the, on the Trump campaign, and he's still trying to find collusion. Folks, witch hunt doesn't begin to describe. I'm Debbie Georgettis. This is America Can We Talk. We're going to zip off to our one last break for tonight and come back and talk to you about a children's book about George. Mind-blowing leftism. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit firstliberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's firstliberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. 
Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with five talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Okay, welcome back. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Love talking with you. And you know, I don't know if you're a first-time listener or you haven't listened very often, I do like to once in a while talk about why I do this show. I'm a lawyer by background and a political activist. I worked on political campaigns. and um, But I wrote a book called Ladies Can We Talk, trying to encourage women to vote for limited government answers, to vote for limited government, and to vote to preserve the unique, extraordinary greatness of America. My radio show is dedicated to preserving, to to celebrating the unique, exceptional greatness of America. Not that it's perfect, not that nothing bad has ever occurred, but to talk about it's the most extraordinary nation on the planet. And every generation of Americans has the obligation, the great privilege of preserving America's greatness, of speaking up for it, of standing up for it. So that's what I'm trying to do in all the issues we talk about. I do get into politics, but as I said, the star of the show, where we are in America today, the battle, the bigger, the big overarching picture is it's leftism versus America. And to understand what America is, it's not just the geography, the lines around the country. It is, it is a nation grown and birthed out of the founding ideas that, that just are, you know, they're timeless. They, are, they bless everyone in every generation. They bless every, anyone in any country in the world who would embrace these ideas. The idea is you have rights from God simply because you were born. The idea that the government exists to protect those rights. The idea of a Judeo-Christian culture, which is woven into the founding of America, which includes the absolute radical right to be free, to practice your religion, and to not have any religion. To not, I mean, unlike in Iran, as we were just hearing Emil Amani explain in studio last hour, where, you know, the Iranian mullahs inflict Islam on, an, on a, a civilization, on a people who don't want it. And in America, we don't inflict religion on anyone. It's a true freedom here. But 
as I mentioned at the start too, this role of George Soros in this country, the a number of organizations he funds and encourages and, and I mean, through his billions and billions of dollars, I'm not exaggerating when I tell you hundreds of organizations with happy talk sounding names, they sound like they must be the most wonderful things on earth, just sweet sounding names like, uh, you know, lovey American names, faith names, and they are just front organizations funded by George Soros, designed to destroy the culture of liberty in America. So uh, one last thing, I, I, someone, uh, one of my listeners just texted me, one of my friends texted me to say that um, the guy I was talking about, Michael Caputo, who's saying basically his family's being destroyed by this Mueller witch hunt. He has a GoFundMe that's now up at nearly $283,000. So that's good. People are trying to help him. But in the last segment, time, I want to talk about a more tender um, and yet, tied in to what George Soros is all about, destroying the culture and fabric of America. So one thing, if you've noticed, you and we've gone along in America and for, you know, millennia, the world has gone along and in America for 200 plus years gone along. And, and all of a sudden in the last few years, we're hearing all of this talk about transgenderism as though it is just uh, a, you know, a plague as it is a massive problem just, and, and, you know, and they are beleaguered and, and mistreated. And we have an outrageous situation on our hands. And again, with the leftism thing, I'm going to say, Leftists have to create crises. Their entire campaign, in fact, most Democrats' entire campaign is to create categories of citizens who are victims, and and it is always hyphenated groups uh, of, of Americans who are victims of this horrible country painted by the American left. This is their this is their mo. This is how they roll. This is how they win elections. So you've had in the last few years all of a sudden all this talk about transgenderism. And, you know, folks, I'm not, obviously, in human history, there have been people who struggled with their, um, you know, women who are more masculine, men who are more feminine, people who struggled with, um, you know, identity challenges. But this is a 0.0000000 something, maybe one um, percent of people with this problem. But all of a sudden, it's the crises of our time. And it's not just that that people are advocating to protect people who are struggling with these kind of issues. The advocacy is to attack. First of all, it is advocacy to plant the seed, to plant the idea, to encourage people to think, well, maybe you're not really, um, you you think you're a woman, but maybe you're really a guy. And maybe it is to plant the seed of doubt about your identity. It is to mock the notion of a God-created identity, God-creating men and women. It is to mock that notion of of just basic Christian teaching, basic Jewish teaching, basic teaching in virtually every religion on the planet. It is to undermine the place of religion and to and, and to just stir the seeds of doubt and and discomfort in our culture, our American culture of, of families. So I'm getting around to saying there's a book now in public school, Children's Library. This is a book called George, the name George, a book called George. It's about a boy um, who uh, thinks that which way is yeah i think it's a it's a boy who thinks he's a girl and so but this is a library book being put in public school libraries and targeted at 8 to 11 year olds is designed to to be read by 8 to 11 year olds and it isn't just a boy 
talking about his doubts and thinking he's really a girl or wants to be a girl or wishes he was a girl. It is, it goes into advocacy, urging people, urging them to think, well, maybe that's who I am and maybe that's, and, and, and normalizing, legitimizing transgenderism for an eight-year-old. And the book goes through not just this boy's feelings and thinking, but how he triumphs in his battle in a school to get uh, a role in a play that's supposed to be for a girl. And it goes through description of genitalia, a description, and and many eight-year-olds, you know, still don't know the facts of life, but you have eight-year-olds. This is a book for eight-year-olds. It describes genitalia. Surgery that can happen, surgery being possible, how you can start hormonal therapy at a very young age, how you can start, you can get therapy to stop developing whatever is your your God-given gender. You can do all these things. And I'm getting at this. Can you even imagine this in a public school library 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And again, I can't urge you strong enough. This is not just to say, let's help people and be sympathetic with people who are obviously suffering from gender uh, confusion. It's not just let's be nice to each other. Let's be careful and let's not be mean to each other. It's not, that's not the message. The message is advocacy of transgenderism as a real thing, as a normal thing, as a thing that should be legitimized. And as a matter of fact, as we've talked about in the show many times, there are numerous, numerous actually educated experts, psychologists, psychiatrists, and doctors who say there is no such thing as transgenderism. There is no such thing. Who also have said it is equivalent to child abuse for a parent to permit a child to begin pursuing Hormone therapy, begin pursuing any type of treatment to change your gender from what you're born as. Child, I mean, the actual experts are saying this is not real. This is not true. People are not transgender. It's not a real thing. It is a, they are confused. They need help. They need love. They need support. They need to be whatever it is they would help they need, but it is not helping them to legitimize it. But this is back to the things I was mentioning about George Soros and leftism, the actual evisceration and destruction of America's culture. This is one thing he is funding. George Soros is funding transgender activism, transgender advocacy, transgender normalization. And you might think, well, why would he possibly do that? What does he care if transgenderism becomes more popular or doesn't become more popular? And I'll tell you why. It is the undermining of the entire Judeo-Christian structure of our country. The idea of our, us being created by God, by a creator who creates men and women. This is the, a, this, an idea, the entire idea of religion infuriates leftists, infuriates people like George Soros. The idea of normalizing perversion, legitimizing what is not legitimate, is a goal to unsettle, undermine our cultural fabric. And again, folks, I can't, I mean, I will tell you, I'm, I think that these issues are tender. Uh, they are challenging. I am sure that children 
going in at age eight, if they're going through such a confusion as this, it's very difficult. It's difficult for their parents. It's difficult for everyone. But the way is not the way out is not to surrender to affirming. Well, everyone can see you're a boy, but you think you're a girl. Okay, let's go ahead and head for surgery and hormone ther- therapy at eight years old. But this is the and the other thing I want to say about this is. There is a growing movement in public schools to say that part of children's right to privacy is that their parents can't know what they read. So you have left-wingers who all love the Hillary Clinton, it takes a village, who want to remove the primary role of parents as the molders and shapers of their children, of their children's values and religious beliefs, who do not like the nuclear family unit as the one passed because parents tend to pass along their religious faith. They tend to pass along their beliefs about God and life and who you are. And this, this interrupts the ability of the leftist to be the shaper and molder of all that society is. So I raise this subject of this book, George, to say it is really important if it's happening in your school, your kid's school, your grandchildren's school. To I mean, this is and, and the other thing there were there were articles about librarians a little bit afraid to speak up. They they think this this isn't really for eight year olds. That really shouldn't be. This shouldn't be for eight year olds, and they don't want to say that because leftism is so oppressive. So I mean, the attack on you if you dare say that is too much to take for many people. Okay, so we're out of time again. This go this this uh, two hours is races by every week. As I've told you many times, I'd love to talk to you two hours a day, every day. But I, I urge, uh, first of all, please join or go to our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Tune in every Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. Watch us on Facebook Live and come back next Sunday. And thank you for speaking up for America. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, Truth About America. America.